Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And I am glad that you're joining Chris and I for this podcast as we're in a study in the book of James. And today we're going to be talking about what it means to stand triumphantly in Christ over sin, over the world, and over Satan. Chris, good to be with you for this podcast. Hey, thank you, Lynn. Good to be with you. This study on James, it, James is one of those books that every time we, we go to it, uh, it just brings back things that we need to be reminded of. It, there's a sense of it's as fresh today and as real today um, as it was when he wrote it. So that's, I just think that's a cool thing about the book of James. I keep finding things as I read it that go, oh, I need to work on that in my life. We, you know, we had Jim Wilson with us last week, the author of this book, and he, he said the same thing to us. He was like, so I can't remember too many times, Lynn, this happening, where the author, again, this was, we weren't recording, I don't think at that time, but Jim Wilson, I, I, he said, thank you, Lynn, for giving me the opportunity to write this. It has changed my life. So that, that is a cool thing. Hey, we have Brian Gass with us today. Brian is one of our content editors with Bible Studies for Life. Brian, great to see you today. Hey, great to be here. Thanks, guys, for inviting me. Brian, you always have some good input for us as we dialogue and talk about this. Uh, so let me just recommend we just kind of jump right into this study. Well, first, we, we ask a question universally. Um, that uh, I, I can't help. I, I've got to, I got to know from you guys, uh, what's something that you commonly fought over when you were a kid. All right. So in your family of origin, what was that thing that you fought over, uh, with your, with your siblings? Oh man, this is an easy one for me. I was yeah? the oldest of uh, four boys. So I fought over getting my own stuff back <laughs> from my little brothers <laughs> who would run off with it. And I would have to uh, find out where it was and go get it back. So my guess is that, Lynn, you, you have a twin sister. Yes. And my, my guess is that she would say, Lynn would, uh, would always say, don't touch me. <laughs> He's touching my stuff. I had to think about this, Chris, because I didn't think we fought over things, but I was an obnoxious brother. I mean, even up through high school, I was just, I've apologized to her so much. Just, she doesn't remember it that way, but I was just, I was a jerk at times. So, Chris, this is where you and I don't make any comment at all, right? Yeah, we just quickly as we can. We want to get right off of this. <laughs> All right, Chris, we're going to throw this back at you. What did you fight over as a kid? It was probably mostly neighborhood things. So uh, we, there were, we, I grew up in a, a very diverse, very uh, complex, I think, uh, neighborhood. There's just a lot, of, a lot of kids a little bit older than me uh, from a lot of different backgrounds. And um, uh we, we, we fought over everything and, and tended to bring that stuff home. So, I mean, the fighting was just a part of life. Hey, I'm glad you answered that that way. Cause I was wondering uh, what about people who are only kids, only children? Will they have a harder time answering this question, but I guess not. They can bring in the neighborhood kids. There is a reason we're asking this question. It's an icebreaker because we talk about things we fought over as kids. 
And the reality is we fight as adults as well. And the context of our Bible studies, we're going to, as we get into it, we're going to see how James addressed the issue of the fighting and quarreling that happens among us, even as believers. And to get that, we're going to be in James chapter four. And uh, let's begin this. We're going to begin in the first three verses to see this, that the sin nature is very self-centered. And it's our sin nature that keeps us in conflict. Let me read the first three verses, and then Chris and Brian, I'm going to throw it back to you. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and do not have. You murder, covet, and cannot obtain. You fight and rage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Sounds like our world. It sounds like a preschool class. <laughs> well, that's very true. But Chris, that's a, that's a, it's a good statement. In fact, it's the discussion question we have in our personal study guides is where do you see the truths of these verses reflected in our culture? I think there's a lot of value talking about that where we see it. I do too. I was, uh, I, I did jot down one caution that we might have to not chase that too far. So it doesn't turn into either a Tucker Carlson episode or a Rachel Maddow episode, depending on which end of that you're on. Uh, but to, uh, you know, to hit that one, to make the connection uh, to what's going on in our culture, but then to make sure that you get back to the scripture real quick. Right. And of course, in our, pre-show conversation we were having here, Brian, you even mentioned a, a church that you're aware of that experienced a little bit of a split. There's a conflict in the church. So it's not just a worldly thing. It's something that happens in the church. And of course, James, who he's writing to are believers. And so he's, he's not saying, hey, what causes fights and quarrels among the uh, out in the world? He says, what causes the fights and quarrels among you? Yeah, and so I think, you know, some leaders will ask a follow-up question that we don't have printed in the book, and you could easily turn this to a question about our, our church or a church that you're aware of, um, but you have to be sensitive to, you know, what's going on in your association, what's going on in your church. Uh, don't rip off any scabs or anything. And, and Brian, you had a good uh, point earlier that you said, you know, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on this because we could start chasing rabbits and we can start fuss about this. Well, let me tell you what I heard about happened in such and such area. Uh, and and uh, whereas the point we want to see is, yes, there's conflicts that happen, but why? It's the sin nature in us. It's a self-centered sin nature. And when I'm self-centered and you're self-centered and we're, we're being driven by that, we're going to come into conflict. Well, and this is playing out in our world. We see it in in social media. You guys are a lot more so uh, more active in social media than I am. But people's passions and their their perspective, or uh, they it creates oftentimes conflict. If there's if there's not a way to uh, to hear tones or to measure some things about our words, uh, we can come off sounding uh, very, very passionate and sometimes offensive. Um, you know, in in our world, we we have the reality uh, of real wars going on because of what people do and say. Uh, the conflict with Russia and Ukraine, uh, I think 
caught people by surprise. Uh, but it's that it appears that those are passion driven uh, conflicts. Um, and and it, it's a scary time. Yes. We talked about this in our previous session about our conversations and uh, how we can fuel so much of this conflict by the things we say and the way we say them. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of, um, you know, I, so it's because it's an issue. Um, uh, people using guns uh, to in in inner cities and in other places it just seems like every week there's a another uh horrible tragedy that's happened um because someone has senselessly pulled out a gun uh, in a in a crowded place it's a it's a it's a weird time i was reading these verses um it really jumped out to me that james gives us a solution pretty early on here and, and that is prayer. And there's a little verse, you know, you have not because you ask not. I think I memorized it in the King James way back when, but uh, uh, that's one that people like to use. Hey, just pray about it. That's why things aren't happening because you don't pray about it. But I don't think we hear that often in the context of conflict and how we're asking for things with the wrong motives. If we'll just pray and ask with the right motives, it'll fix a lot of the broken stuff in our lives. The heart of this is what James is saying here. He says, he's talking about the fights and quarrels among us. And he says, where do they really start? Well, they start from the desires that battle within you. Uh, I mean, it's because there's an issue in my life that I, uh, I'm, I'm inner inner conflict, I should say, that's going to lead to outer conflict. If I don't deal with the inner conflict appropriately, submitting under the lordship of Christ, it's going to come out in an outer conflict. So, Lynn, one of the questions that we used was um, the, the question was, where have you observed a, a church conflict resolved appropriately? And it, mm. it, it brought a lot of memories up for me. I remember my first church, so my first church, I'm young. Um, and uh, uh, I, I remember a specific situation that came up where, where we have had come up with what we thought was a progressive solution that some of the people in the church didn't like. And I, I got the, I, I, the, the sense that, oh, this is going to come up in a meeting and this is going to be bad. And then it never came up. So after the, after the meeting was over, I, I pulled one of our, our key leaders aside and said, listen, I don't know what you said between the last meeting and this meeting to, the, to one of our participants, but I just want to thank you. <laughs> and he had just gone along him and said, "Hey, listen, let's 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 support him in this. It's going to be okay. We, you know, we we don't need to make a big deal about this." And and it 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 got taken care of. And I just never forget, never ever would forget someone who who took the initiative to deal with conflict uh, by getting out in front of it and providing some solutions that uh, that just moved. Change the tone, change the direction. Now, the crazy thing for me in in the in that first church where I pastored is every time there was any kind of tension or conflict in that church, it was with people who loved me very much. So 
it, I don't have horror stories to tell because we had a we had relationships and we would work together to find ways uh, to resolve these things and not let them be detrimental to us. Well, let's move on now. Let's look at James four uh, verses four and five, and we're going to talk about is this idea we're talking about the hostility, the conflict, but to see that the world is hostile to God. Now, keep in mind as we read this, he is talking to us as believers. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? James is really stepping on some toes here, isn't he? He sure is. (laughs) One of the questions we used was, uh, how would you describe friendship with the world? A very open-ended question to allow people to wrestle with that. But my goodness, that's a tough one because we're, we're told to be in the world, but not of the world. We're always looking at, you know, new ways to evangelize and to, to tear down barriers and those kind of things. But a lot of those uh, also run the risk of just getting you too enmeshed in the world. Yes, I think about uh, Daniel and um, the, th- the three young men in Daniel chapter one, where they're taken into Babylonian captivity, and there they are expected to assimilate. And in many ways, they did. I mean, they, they were willing to learn the language, uh, willing to learn the history and those things. But when it came to the diet, which would go against their culture as Jewish, uh, obedient Jewish young men, that's where they wouldn't they wouldn't bow. So Daniel one has always been a good uh, way for me to uh, think in terms of how much can I be a friend of the world without becoming a part of the world? I think a, another question, Brian, I, I, we asked the same question, but um, it may be that in the church, we are, there's not a lot of difference. And then we're looking more and more like the world. And, and, and maybe a question that we need to ask is, are, do we look more like the world or do we look more like Jesus? And, and, and if there's a difference between those two, um, it, it may be it may be time to have a do some soul searching about where we are um, in the church and in our groups. It's a fair question for sure. Jim Wilson wrote a self-centered mindset is something we expect to see in the church, but not among those who follow Christ. And I, I appreciate that he said that and that's how it should be. Uh, but we see an awful lot of self-centered Christians who want things their way and uh, will will make it clear that, that that's what they're all about. And his call here is for us is, to, you know, our focus is on being on Christ and Christ alone. This idea that you are adulterous people, that's the idea that we're flirting with the world the way the world does things. Uh, while we are the bride of Christ, uh, there is a call there. And I mean, I think just using that language, just you adulterous people, you know, we don't think of it that way, but we are committed as the bride of Christ, yet we flirt with the world. And he, uh, that, that's a challenge for us. I agree with you. Uh, Jim did a good job of talking about he, so right there, James called them you adulterous people. Previously, he had talked about the, the, the problem, the sin of being covetous to covet. And 
he shows how those two sins have a whole lot in common adultery and 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 to covet something it's it's as though we have forgotten the god provided boundaries in our lives and we go beyond those things to get what we want or what we desire, whether it's from a sinful sexual perspective or from a taking something that belongs to someone else. So much so that James says we actually become the enemy of God. That's pretty stark language there. Yeah. I don't want that said about me. (laughs) No. Well, he turns a corner when we come to verse six and he says, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Um, I'm intrigued by this set of, of verses. Um, I think they're, I, they feel very familiar, and I think they will to people in our groups. Uh, my, I, have, I have a question for you two. Do you think that people know how to do these things as a part of their Christian life? Well, we sure hope so, don't we? If they use Bible studies for life, they'll get really good at it. How about that for a plug? Uh, our pathway to discipleship. No, we really do want to build disciplines into our lives so that that can happen, right? But I, I do think you're right. People sometimes can't make that tangible. Um, they would nod and agree, but would they change their lifestyle to make sure they get to a place where they're resisting the devil and humbling themselves before God? Well, and we asked the question, well, what does it look like to draw near to God? What are the things that you actually do uh, to, to, to draw near to God? And I, I, again, I think we, we're familiar with the language, but I think there are a lot of people who struggle from a relational perspective of, of walk, what it means to walk with God and draw near to him. And I, th- I think there's probably a lot of... That sounds good, but I don't know how to do that. And uh, it may be that that needs to be a part of our conversation this week. Yeah, and you would hope that uh, those who are walking closer to the Lord will quickly lay out some things in the group. And those who, who are known as godly people in the group, others will go, oh, that's how they do that. Yeah, I can do that. And I think there's a, it's kind of a package deal here too, because as we say, well, what are some ways we draw near to God? Well, we can, we can do a count off of things. Well, you need to read, you, you, need, you need to read the Bible every day. You need to pray every day. Those will drop you draw near to God. But what can happen is people can do those, those tasks, but not necessarily draw near to God. Yet would you tag to that? Also, what he says here is, hey, humble yourselves before the Lord. When you put the, you say, God, I, you know, I need you in my life, that sense of dependence. I'm not just praying because it's a rote thing to do, but I'm praying because, Lord, I need you. I need to depend on you. I think then we're getting to what it means to draw near to God. So the flip side of that is we've talked about um, that it, both that people don't know how to do this and don't understand. Um, 
and how we are becoming more and more like the world. We look more like the world. So we also need to have the conversation about what does it look like to resist the devil? Uh, I think, I think there's been a shift in uh, how, how we talk about Christianity so that we, we, we don't want to be so negative when we don't talk about things that you don't do. And I think it's kind of a, we've thrown out the, thrown the, out the baby with the bathwater. Uh, we, we, we know that we need to be aware of evil things, but we don't know the limits and the boundaries that we need to draw that will be a part of us resisting the devil. Chris, when we look at the live it out statements that are on the last page of our personal study guides of this session, uh, Jim Wilson in this gave us, I think, some strong ideas that take us right down to where you talked about. Uh, And and these are uh, these are interesting application ideas he gave us. Um, For instance, he says, take a retreat, take a half day in prayer, begin with confession and submission Ask God to guide you. So there's a half day you're going to spend in submissive prayer and reflection with God. But it's the third application idea, uh, Chris, which is like, wow. He says clean house. By that, he means take inventory of what you possess that reflects a worldly mindset or was purchased from a heart of materialism. And this may need to be done with a spouse or family member, but consider removing those things from your life. And I thought, wow, that is that is really taking this to mind that I no longer want to think like the world. I want to submit to Christ and, and be humble before him. For those of you who are listening who are group leaders, it may be that first you're going to have to do some inventory like what uh, Lynn just described. Um, but uh, we probably need to talk about some of the things that we're watching on television uh, some of the movies that are a part that we have allowed to be a part of our lives, some of the things that we look at online. Um, we, this is a part of some very practical things that we need to do that where we can draw some lines and begin that process of resisting the devil as we're drawing near to God. Yes, because the devil does use means, Right. And uh, if we can identify those means and eliminate those from our lives, we'll be well on our way. So some of those things that I just said, I find difficult to say because um, um, for most of my life, I have resisted an extremely conservative fundamentalist kind of approach that says, don't do these things. Had this checklist of all these things you don't do. I th- I, but I think there's, there's, we've probably maybe gone too far that maybe there are some things that we need to be talking about that are those boundaries. What, what, if, if you're going to do these things, if you're going to be on TV, if you're going to have things coming into your, into your home, what, what are some things that you, where you need to draw some lines to say, yeah, but I'm not going there. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to watch those kind of things. Um, I, I think there's, I think there's a need for that in, in, in our churches. You know, another over, another over correction, maybe we've made along those lines, Chris, I was thinking about the push for self-esteem and uh, those kinds of things that can so, um, so quickly move toward a place of pride 
And never are we more like the devil than when we are showing pride. And so James addresses that um, uh, here. And I think that's a lot of what he means when he says resist the devil. Don't be a person of, of pride. Well said. This is going to be an interesting conversation in my group. And uh, I think it will be for a lot of our groups. To, because, again, as, as, as with all that's been with the book of James, it's so practical. It hits right where we're living today. Well, once again, we want to thank those of you who are listening to our podcast. We hope this is beneficial to you. We, we get to hear from you occasionally. And uh, a lot of you are using this a, as a way to prepare uh, for, for the session, whether you're a leader or just a participant in your group. So we hope that we've given you some things to think about before you, you meet with your group and hope that some of these things will come up. Lynn, I'll give you the last word. Well, I'm just looking forward to a great Bible study with my group at my church. And I hope you do too. So Brian, Thank you for joining us for this uh, podcast. We'd love to hear from you folks, too, as, as you're out there. Just uh, It's easy to get a hold of us by email, which is just our first name, dot last name, at lifeway.com. So chris.johnson, lynn.prior, and brian.gas at lifeway.com. We'd love to hear from you, how your Bible study group is going, uh, the things that's, uh, how, how your group is growing together, and even any suggestions you have on uh, ways we can make the Bible study a much more enriching uh, Bible study experience for you. But we're glad you joined us for this podcast, and we hope you have a great week. <music>